Just the people party. Live from the blue note. 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 Come on. Peace and love, party people. It's Talib Kweli, the MCEO of the BKMC. You are now watching the world's greatest podcast, People's Party. We are still in New York City, the home of hip-hop. It's the 50th anniversary of hip-hop, and we are at the legendary Blue Note Jazz Club. And uh, shout-out to everybody at the Blue Note. Shout-out to all the Blue Note people who come through and see the hip-hop show here that we do. Shout-out to Slick Rick. Shout-out to Rakim. Shout-out to DMC. Shout-out to Bob James. That's what we're doing. Today's guest is one of the most important figures in hip-hop. He represents Harlem harder than maybe anybody out there. He has been a rapper, a, di- a director, a record executive, a fashion icon for a long time, a TV personality. His talent knows no bounds. He brought a certain rock star energy to hip-hop, a founding member of the legendary Dipset. They have given us many, many, many excellent projects, including Diplomatic Community 1 and 2, Diplomatic Ties. As a solo artist, this man has come with On My Way to Church, Harlem, Diary of a Summer, uh, Hustlers, a Product of My Environment, Pray for Rain, Kappa, Wasted Talent, um, and uh, Lobby Boys. We're going to get into that as well. He's been rapping his ass off lately as if he's hungry and new and fresh, even though he's been doing it for a long time. Aside from his work with Dipset, he's given us the fraud department, Gangsta Grills, we set the trends. We're going to talk about all this. This man has directed videos. Like I said, he's an actor. You've seen him in The Wire, State Property 2. You've seen him on stage with hip-hop monologues. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for El Capo himself, Jim Jones. Of the Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, sir, yes, sir. I mean, you earned that, bro. This is... I didn't make none of that up. Oh, yeah. I didn't make none of that up. That's definitely a fact, but thank you very much. Yes. I appreciate that. Dipset raised a generation. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I seen you on um, this other podcast, I think DJU from Chicago, and you were talking about K-Town. Yeah. And the impact that Dipset had in Chicago. But it wasn't just Chicago. It was nationwide. I I respect them boys that came and did that interview. They was young and they was hungry, and they really came from a different perspective of questions they asked, so that's why. Yeah, you gave them some... uh, Jewels and gems as well. That's indeed. Um, so your parents are Ruben and Puerto Rican. Yes. That's a very interesting New York City mix. Yes. Born in the Bronx, but you represent Harlem. I was actually born in Harlem. Oh, okay. At a hospital called Flower Fifth Avenue. I spent my earlier years in the Bronx, okay. and I spent my hustling years inside of Harlem. It's like how I like to say it. Okay. It was a childhood, and then my becoming of my manhood was where I started in Harlem. At. Yes, indeed. Um, I enjoyed the uh, Webstar records. Yes. The Rooftop. Shout out to Webb. Shout out to Webb. We was just at a party with him last year at the Apollo Theater. It was a good time. Um, shout out to Ron G and Brucey e. B and yes. all these Harlem legends. Those are those are uh, pillars inside of Harlem. Mm-hmm. What do you think it is about Harlem that gives people this extra hustle? Oh, man. It's like in the air. It's like in the water out there. It's like there's no way to get around it. Um. Right. When we was coming up, we didn't, we, our back was against the wall. We didn't have too many choices. We didn't have a lot of options. Um, people wasn't teaching us about financial literacy. The only financial literacy we knew was to get a dollar. And that dollar that we knew to get was watching the hustlers get it. And Word. You know what I mean? Through that, we just followed tradition, per se, inside of Harlem. I'm a, but that's for all the boroughs inside the city or for any inner city community. Just that, mm-hmm. you know, Harlem came with a little bit extra flash, 
It was really stunting out there. Fashion was a big thing. Like, mm -hmm. that whole stunt when it came to your hustle was a big way of life in Harlem. Um, starts out of desperation and hunger, and that turns into people wanting five-course meals. Yeah. And at the finest restaurants, we indulge way more than just the survival of hustling. Yeah, Harlem hustlers become, like, larger than life, though, when you think about, <laughs> you know, you made the ghost of Rich Porter, you know what I'm saying? Like, yes. Dame Dash made Pay the Fool. That's considered, like, the most accurate hood classic movie yes. in terms of representing how things really went down. But very good depiction of how Harlem was moving in, in that day um, mm -hmm. from what he painted the picture of. Um, goes to Rich Porter. Or as you know, Rich Porter's name is bigger than life when it comes to hustlers mm -hmm. inside of the hustler community. And that's around the world. Like, uh, young, 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 young adults from Harlem coming up at a very early age really making a lot, a lot of money and making a name for themselves with the way they was hustling and things like that. And then the story of betrayal and murder and everything that comes mm -hmm. with the hustle brings that whole movie together and things like that. Um, but inside of our hood, he done things that a lot of us had aspired to do. And it wasn't just about him hustling. It was just the way he was moving, the way he, how he was moving, the way he was dressing, the girls that he was getting. Like, it was just the whole package when it came to Rich Porter. Um, but, you know, looking back, and I look at all the hustlers that came before me, and they didn't get a chance to do not nearly the, the things that I was able to yeah. accomplish and not to downplay anybody's story. But what I wanted to be when I was younger was something that I knew I couldn't be when I got older. It just was more of something that I was excited me. But when you think about real life and you start getting closer to real money and things like that, you assess life a little bit different. And I know uh, we started doing music at a young age, so my dreams of being a drug kingpin was kind of cut short because we was hitting here damn near since high school. Um, but we dibbled and dabbled through survival tactics and, you know, the ups and downs of the game. And we came to a lot of a lot of obstacles that we had to overcome, and them obstacles came with us surviving in the streets and things like that. When Cam lost his deal with entertainment, we both had to go back to the streets and do things that I wouldn't recommend anybody else to do to stay afloat. I mean, but yes. we was lucky, and God was with us in a lot of prayers. So, you know, a yes, lot of indeed. that has to, has to come into play. We're yes, very indeed. lucky. It's been a long journey with you and Cam. One of my favorite internet moments was to see when y'all got back on that court. Y'all look like y'all just came from, like, Sunday dinner or something. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? At least one of y'all had hard bottoms on. <laughs> yes. That was, uh, we was um, recreating a scene from the movie New Jack City, which is yeah. one of the most infamous movies for Harlem. So we was recreating one of those scenes for us, a marketing tool for one of my albums that I was putting out. Okay, that was a good job. Because yeah. I didn't know that until you just said it. Yeah, when you look at it. It was good that. acting. It felt organic and authentic to me. Thank you. I was Thank like, yo, you. this is how these niggas get down. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. But I mean, in Harlem, basketball is, 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 is number one. So That's right. Now I think about kids it. Kids was definitely yeah. playing basketball in their church clothes. I remember plenty of days coming out of Catholic school with my tie and my shoes on and scraping mm. kids up on a ball court. It's just <laughs> something you had to do. You know what I mean? It had to get, it had to get done. Mm. I got to do it. I got to do it to you. No matter what was the circumstances, I borrowed person sneakers on the side. Like, mm -hmm. basketball was king in Harlem. Are you that's one of the things where you acquire your fame and haul them along with hustling and things like that. If there's summertime you can make a name for yourself as a Harlem, that name stood with you throughout the years of Harlem. And every year you went to that basketball rucker and all that, like mm -hmm. those those names were ringing bells just like the hustlers was. Yeah. It's definitely like a movie when they finally do the actual full dipset movie. One of the ill moments is going to be when Cam and Mace get kicked out of college and they was in college playing basketball, right? Yeah, uh, they both went to college here yeah, for basketball, I believe. Mace went up state, uh, one of them SUNY colleges, and Cam mm -hmm. was at a 
college named Navarro, I believe, inside of Dallas, I believe it was, something like that. Um, and then yeah. they came to live with you. Yeah, they both got kicked out of college, and um, they end up living with me and my grandmother's house that she left for me when she had passed away. Um, Cam thing was he didn't couldn't afford to tell his grandmother that he got kicked out of college. We were still young. School was everything. We were brought up in households that really had moral value, so... Niggas didn't want to get in trouble for getting kicked out of college and things like right. that. So he ended up moving in with me. And at that time, we was always, we were in kids that was in the street like everybody else. But when him getting kicked out of college, they already had a plan. And his plan was to become rich and famous and then tell his grandmother he got kicked out of college. But he definitely became professional at something. And mm -hmm. that was the music. And same with Mace, the same kind of kind of story. And um, I watched both of them get their deals out of my grandmother's house. Sounds like that was an ill incubator. Yeah, my grandmother's house had a lot of stars that came out of it. A lot of stars. Joelle's, Cam, like most of the dip, diplomats. Um, Nori been to my house. Like, it's just been a whole, she's, she's it's been a shrine of a lot of good energy that been in and out of that house and a lot of hard lessons I had to learn when she did leave and things like that. And, you know. Now, around that time, y'all started BBO? So, I'm, I, well, I, 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 I had nothing to do with BBO. Uh, oh, you wasn't BBO. in BBO? No, I'm going to tell you what okay. it was. I was I was a part of BBO by affiliation okay. because I knew Cam and them, but BBO was a thing that was going on with Cam and them uptown on okay. the west side. So Cam is from the west side. Mm -hmm. I met Cam on the east side in 1199. That's where his grandmother lived at, and that's where my Aunt Viola lived at. Uh, my Aunt Viola, I moved with her when I was younger to go to elementary school, in a school right across the street from there. So I was mm -hmm. back and forth. That's how I actually met Cam. Growing older, I ended up moving to the west side or the border of the West Side, which was Tariff Projects. And Cam was actually from the Upper West Side, uptown. So, you know, Harlem is divided in four different sections. You got downtown niggas, you got uptown niggas, you got the West Side niggas, and you got the East Side niggas. You heard? So Cam was a West Side, uptown nigga and things like that. So him moving down to uh, my part of town was actually how I met him in BBO. What started was a thing that Cam and Mason all of them was doing from being uptown. Like, right. They screw up a block away from Cam. But they all went to school all the way downtown by my block. But okay. the BBO thing was up there. And then as we started navigating uptown, see, I'm a project nigga. Mm -hmm. You know, project is different from any side of Harlem. Any project nigga is just a different, like, that's a hood within the hood. Like, we right. got a whole different mindset, you dig? Right. So, but going uptown and dealing with Cam after we became friends, um, vicariously got into everything that he was into because mm -hmm. that's my introduction to uptown was really being with Cam and shit like right. that. And then we was doing BBOs and bending bitches over. <laughs> that was that was the name of the posse. That's what it stands for. And, <laughs> and then uh, Mace, was, Mace had these little funny dances he used to do back in the day. Uh, we, uh, the same energy that we gave the people inside of the hip-hop mm -hmm. is the same energy you was projecting since we were in high school. Everybody was pretty much already stars and setting who they was. We all had names for ourselves inside of that era of Harlem that was a younger community right yeah. before the, the big hustlers and things like that. And this is the days of the rank, skate key, mm -hmm. that whole era, early 90s. So I could honestly say we've really been outside running the streets since like 13, 14. And, mm -hmm. you know, Cam and them, Cam and Dre Hud, R.I.P. Huddington, you know, they were a little bit more advanced. Well, Hud was more advanced than everybody. Hud was inside the clubs at 13, the, the, uh, all the Harlem spots and all that type of shit, the Cotton Club, and then he would take Cam and them because they was brothers and shit like that. But the whole group of us was all in the same grades in high school and basketball kept everybody together in the whole town. So vicariously, yeah. we all did everything together, including Zeke and everything. Like, it just... Word. 
you're taking me back to a whole <laughs> different era and things like that. But yeah, we a lot of our paths crossed a lot when we was younger. So we did everything together and we always had a name for ourselves. So okay. my projects, everybody knew Joe Molden uptown. Cam was known for basketball, like really known for going crazy in basketball. Right. And Mace was on the same basketball team with Cam, but they was from uptown. They was rapping. So it was a lot of different elements to this shit. Like it wasn't just us being lucky or them being lucky. It's a lifestyle. Yes. yes, I was just fortunate enough to be along for the ride and smart enough to know where these young gentlemen were going and I had to figure out what my position was going to be for me to be mm. allowed on that boat that I see that I was about to take off. Because yeah. at this time, I wasn't rapping. It was ill to see Mesa Cam do horse and carriage at the Apollo. I didn't get to see. I didn't go. I wasn't invited. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, that was, <laughs> it was ill for the internet. It was ill for us to see online. Now, you just said, you just said that you had to find your place you, at that time, was doing whatever you had to do in order to make sure that Cam didn't had to focus on the music, right? At that time, yeah, I was... Yeah. Um, I figured I'd, I'd help him out in every way possible and things like that, and mm -hmm. I became the closest person to him. At that time, he had a cousin, which is one of his best friends named Bloodshed. Mm -hmm. All of us very close as best friends and things like that, but they were like two peas in the pod, and Blood had passed away, um, and this is all the time when everybody was living with me. Mm -hmm. Blood passed away at 18 and Rest in, peace. in his car and things like that. And, it's, and then Cam kind of spiraled for a minute. That was like his closest friend. And, you know, I always say success comes with an omen because it seems like that. And I was trying to explain that to Cam back then. Like, this is crazy. It seems like mm -hmm. it happens to the to the best of the people that's about to excel the most. And he started just taking off after Bloodshed had passed away. And I felt mm -hmm. like I had to do everything I could do to protect him and, and help him at the same time. And, that that was that was my place, and I felt it wholeheartedly and shit like that. Like I felt good in what I was doing, mm -hmm. no matter what took took place at that time. You developed a lot of skills in that era, though. I developed everything. I mean, above all, I was a very smart individual. Besides anything, I mean, I'm, I'm a jack of all trades. I mean, I'm like the not a master of one, but I'm usually better than the ma what is I'm the, I'm the master of none, but I'm usually the better than the master of a one, than the <laughs> like master that. of one. I like that. I that's like what that. that's how it goes. You know about that line. I never heard that one. There's a jack of all trade. I'm the master of none, but I'm usually better than the master of one. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Now, you met, did you meet Jewel's Ducam? Yeah, I met Jewel's Ducam um, one day. He came, like, yo, Jim, this, I met the, oh, man. He was like, just going crazy about this kid. And um, he like, nah, you got to go see him. You got to go see him rap. You got to, like, can't wait to see him. He was just recording, rec rec reciting some of the lines he was telling them and the excitement that Cam had when he met Jewels was very dope. And he met Jewels through another friend of ours that Cam grew up with and I went to school with, mm -hmm. Tobe. And we were, so it was like a lot of different weird connections with me and Cam and the people that was around us that, like, six degrees of separation. That You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I had no idea he knew Tobe like that when right. I was... You know what I mean? So yeah. it was just a lot of a lot of that coming up. Um, and yeah, that's how Joel's came into the whole uh, situation. It's through uh, Toby One Kenobi, and he bring, uh, <laughs> bring him to Cam, and Cam just heard him rap one time, and that was that. Yeah, Joel's was uh, on fire when he first came out. Like, he put yes. the whole diplomat thing on his back. Yes. And he was like a golden child, Prince yes. of the City type. He was. Exactly um, all that. And, yeah. more, and more. I think people... Uh, uh, sometimes forget about the impact that he had. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, he had so many things to overshadow what 
the, the work that he's put in in his life as far as his story and people kind of associate all his demons and everything that happened outside of his successes when Joel's mm -hmm. was one of the most successful artists to ever grace the game of hip-hop, everything. He's a platinum artist. He didn't do nothing gold. Same as Cam. Like, mm -hmm. it seems to our story, the work that we put in and the sales and the records that these guys have done has been overshadowed by a lot of other discrepancies that we had going on with our diplomat name. But make no mistake, we were the few... Uh, I don't know how many people, uh, you know, I mean, we did very good in our time. The multi-platinum yeah. artists um, from Harlem, they did not expect any of the things that we were going to do, um, but we seem to get overshadowed by all the controversy that Diplomat come with. Yeah, there was a time when Diplomat and Dipset was just blanket in the city, and you couldn't go nowhere without any borough, not just Harlem. It was taken everywhere from the mix. It went, came from the mixtapes to the radio. And then y'all start, you have a long relation, long-standing relationship with Dame Dash. Yeah. So he brings you out of Rockefeller, which was Rockefeller was dominating the scene at this yes. time. Yes. Right? And so there was, from a fan perspective, that seemed like it might be friction when y'all first came in. Uh, no. Mm -hmm. No idea that it would be friction. What do you mean, the Rockefeller thing? Yeah, because... No, I mean, I don't know what a fan was looking like. I'm talking about from my perspective. When we first got there, it was a great thing. Okay. It made sense. Everybody was on the same page. Everybody was on one accord. We walk inside the baseline studio. Uh, State Prop is there. Meek and them is there. I mean, Bleak <laughs> Meek and them is there. Mm -hmm. uh, Bleak and them is there. Um, JB in there playing pool. Like, it was it was moving as family-oriented situation mm -hmm. when we first got there. Um, but we have nothing to do with what Dame and Jay got going on right. and shit like that. Um, but us being who we are, we loyal. To who y'all loyal to. You heard? That's yeah. that's comes and their controversy and their separation led to a lot of the artists taking sides, which was kind of fucked up and shit like that. Mm -hmm. I would see it from my perspective. I was never signed as a Rockefeller artist, but I had to roll with whatever Cam was doing and things mm -hmm. like that. Been, and looking back, it was just like, it was just a whole fucked up situation for the whole situation. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, just to be in the midst of that going on. And we were so successful at that time. And our successes had to go through everything that that was going through. So that took a, a lot away from what we had going. It was just it was a lot, man. Right. You know what I mean? Right. It just was a lot. And I think that, I mean, looking back, I think that this is something that could have been avoided. That I don't know that these niggas' business and shit like that, mm -hmm. you dig? But mm -hmm. from being around it and, and hearing what's so called what the problems and shit mm -hmm. like that, that shit was some simple shit that they could have been been avoided and them niggas could have been the most powerful people to ever grace the, the, the planet when it comes to doing music from all genres, from all eras, from the beginning when music was born to when it was still, still going on. They had a chance to really be that. And I'm saying separately, they didn't excel to different things of mm -hmm. that can't be touched, mm -hmm. but I'm talking about what Rockefeller had would never ever be duplicated. Not at the time they were doing it, not the energy that they was projecting. Like everything they had was just moving stupid at that time until they start fucking up. Word. Um, shout out to my man Nico Is in the back. He's an artist I work with. Um, he uh, got a song called Tito Cracked That Dutch, mm -hmm. which is inspired by the uh, Cam saying on Purple Haze, uh, Tito Cracked That Dutch. Mm -hmm. um, you know what I'm saying? So um, who is Tito? Tito is popping. Okay. Poppins. <laughs> okay. Pop, 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 Poppins. Poppins is an official member of the Diplomats. He's okay. one of the guys that don't rap, but he's definitely a diplomat. Oh, right. ain't no way. You know what I mean? But he uh very instrumental when it comes to uh, 
I smoke, I smoke habits okay. and things like that. My, ja my Jamaican brother Tito, good brother, very. I mean, you know. Um, Nico did a Spanglish album recently. Dope. What's up with your Spanglish album? Um, it's in the works. I got like retarded records with a bunch of Spanish albums. Pretty dope. Um, mm -hmm. but so much going on at the end of the year, I kind of had stopped. So I'm about to get ready to start going to the studio once a week again. Then I'm supposed to take a trip to Puerto Rico, go chill with Archangel and get some mm -hmm. records done. Um, that's your people's, right? Archangel. You fuck with Arc? Yeah. Yeah, that's my guy, yeah. so. I'm in the process of finishing up. I want to put it out for the end of spring, yeah, you right put before out a the lot summertime. Yeah, I got a lot of music. <laughs> um, uh, music pushed me in so many different ways, and uh, you know, I'm blessed to still be able to do it at this capacity. Yes, I like what you had to say. I don't remember where I heard you say it, but you talked about how uh, you've been learning that everything, all the business ventures, all the different things uh, align and do better when the music is touching the people. Yes, the music is your number one ace in the hole if you're an artist to get all your ancillary businesses going and every other dollar you want to make. And I'm, that, I'm telling you that because some of the biggest people told me that and mm -hmm. through my journey and things like that from the Diddy's to the J's and everything. You know, a lot of people know how, how, my, how, how smart I am and things like that. But in order to use your smarts and all of that shit in this business, you got to have some real music. That's why they like 90% business, 10% music. But if you ain't got that 10% music, you're not getting that 90% business. So... You could equate that like that. What up? Um, shout out to Charlemagne. He worked on some of that early Dipset stuff. You and I had the same song at the same time, um, Around My Way. Mm. And I like both versions. Wow. I remember we, that's one of the first times we ever spoke because we rhymed on that way, same yes. beat. Um, and then he did a beautiful noise. That's my man. Um, a long time ago. Yeah, that's a minute ago. That's yes. a, we, we, I've been running into you in different spots and different places all yes. through the years. That Dipset, that initial music from... I really mean it. I DJ now, so it's like, you know, Dipset Anthem, I really mean it. You know, I'm ready. This captured the error. This captured the whole sound. Yes. How did it feel when that that music was playing in them clubs? And a lot of that stuff still gets played. Like, if you you play a New York party, you got to do a Dipset set. A set, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it feels great, man. You, you grew up in hip-hop and... You aspire to be a rapper. You're able to get in this music game and become a rapper and not just... A mediocre one, a big one, and now when you're moving around and hear your music, you feel like the man. It's like you feel like Superman listening to his theme music. It's, there's no greater feeling than putting some hard work and seeing this shit become successful. You plant some season and watching the, your fruits harvest and things like that. Like that, that's how it feels and shit like that. I can't explain it. Mm -hmm. You know how it feels. You've been in the positions when you do these concerts and you yeah. go inside these buildings or you walking in the street or a car drive by and your music is playing. That just puts some some type of you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Some more confidence mm -hmm. in you and just... You know. I like that, like the superhero with his theme music. Yeah. That's what it feel like. Where it feel like, 100%. Now, you had a On My Way to Church. Yeah. This is your first solo joint. Uh-huh. Cam says, it's your turn, you up, nigga. That's how you start the shit. Certified Gangsters. This is an amazing record. This record was big nationwide. Mm -hmm. Did this change your profile? Did this change the game for you? Yeah, it changed everything for me when I dropped Certified Gangsters. Mm -hmm. I actually saved my life and shit like that. I was very... How so? I just was in a uh, crazy place at that time. Um, I believe I'm about to have my kid. Uh, just had my kid. Um, it just was a lot. I don't even want to get into that. But I would say th I, I would say this. At that time, I needed certified gangsters in my life. It changed my trajectory and where I was going and how I was living it. 
when I was like down on my luck and about to get into some shit that I shouldn't have got into, somebody had booked 10 shows for certified gangsters. And they came and bring me the first half. I believe I was like 30,000 for the first 10 shows. And that 30,000 30, changed everything for me. I was able to do some things that I needed to be done as a, as, a, as a man at that time, as a young man, but as a man at that time. And that helped me up to this day. That's dope. You understood, I think, in different ways than other people from New York, how to move in different regions. And, you know, you were inspired by the cash monies and the masterpiece. Mm -hmm. You would do, you did battle, battle over the great effect. Um, so at one point, you became the most sought out New York City rapper for features. When it came to like mm -hmm. features who had that different, different regions and everything. Like you, you was on everything, like Buster Rhymes level mm -hmm. type of features. Yes. How did that happen for you? Hard work through, mm -hmm. through rapping, trying to be in the right places at the right time, through my connections, through my networking, mm -hmm. through the people I knew, and just climbing, climbing, climbing in the game at the same time. Mm -hmm. uh, but Joel's and Weezy at that time was just going so crazy, like a little bit before me, and just right. following and in, in their footsteps and things like that. Cam was a little bit different. He, you know, he picked and chose the features that he wanted to. He was way bigger than us at the time and shit like that. But I just was following footsteps and what they was doing. Remember, I just pretty much started at it. I was learning my way around when it came to actually doing music. So mm -hmm. I took bits and pieces from everybody and created my created my own craft. We watched you learn. Mm -hmm. You know, I know the talk was like, wow, Jimmy really rhyming at this time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We watched you learn on the job. Yeah, I definitely learned by, by experience. I, it wasn't no schooling on. I'm grateful for the lessons I learned. Like I tell everybody, Mace was the one to sit me down and actually show me how to put a rhyme together, mm -hmm. which was which I'm grateful for for this day. That was a great lesson for me, especially at that time, because I needed it, because they were about to go to a place where I would have been left out if I didn't know how to do music. Right. You know what I mean? And then me looking back and expecting more in a situation that they gave me everything I needed, and I'm grateful for it right now. You know what I mean? Like, I sit up here and talk about a whole bunch of shit, but well, what would that do when I'm doing great in life? I probably feel better than I ever felt when it came to me being in my position in this game. Mm -hmm. And it's good to hear you give... Mace's flowers, because I know y'all had y'all issues. I ain't giving no flowers. Fuck that nigga. You heard? I'm just telling. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you life how this shit how this shit goes. You heard? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a real. I'm a realist. Yes, you dig? And I don't care about flowers. I'm telling you facts and, and the realist. And I'm grateful for certain things in my life. That's not me giving him no flowers. It's just no me being able to understand my position when I was there. Even if I didn't understand it, something in me was able to be like, yo, stick through this shit because there's something greater for you in the long run. No matter how fucked up these people are that you're next to. Mm -hmm. You heard? You well, I think that's what y'all always did for each other. Y'all always put e try to put each other in position. Nah. I, I mean, I think that's, that's what you're supposed to That's do. what you see. Yeah, okay. You heard? Okay, yeah. You did? Yeah, I do. Everybody had to fight their position. Everybody had to fight for their position. Mm -hmm. When Mace got in position, Cam had to fight to get in his position with Mace. Okay. Yeah, he made an open the door, did something that, but if nigga didn't work to fill that shit and do what he needed to do, niggas would have been left in the sauce of that man. And then vice versa. Like when Cam got in a position, I had to fight for me to get into my position. I had to work for it, everything you did. Like, mm -hmm. there's nothing was guaranteed and nothing was given. Like, you did. They was always told me we'd bring you to the water, nigga. You to figure out how to fish. That's and true. I took that wholeheartedly. And I'm taking nothing away from nobody. But I was there from the beginning when niggas didn't have nothing. So it wasn't like I was added to the picture. Right. You heard? That's indeed. I just wasn't rapping in the beginning. That's indeed. You dig? So everybody had a, everybody played their position. I played mine as well, maybe too well. Mm. So well that I'm still here today in this capacity. And that's what I love about it. No doubt. You know? And if we want to go to statistics. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you've done, you know, you've, um, I remember being in a club with you, 
And We Fly High just came out. And Funkmaster Flex was in the club, and he played the record for a half hour straight. Yeah. That nice. was a big, big, big time. Great, great time in life. Great that record, time in life. Um, I think even earlier on, on one of them earlier albums, you had said that in the hook somewhere. Fly high. I, 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 well, I don't know if it's fly high, but the ball in that, that ad lib, I've said on numerous, numerous records that I've done. I stole that ad lib from Tupac. Right, Tupac ballin'. said balling all the time and a bunch of his records and things like that. And I was like, man, I'm taking this one, Tupac. I need to hold this real quick. I was very big <laughs> Tupac fan and things like that. So, you know, I took pieces, bits and pieces of, of different artists. And, and and this is what I, what I came up with. You know now, I mean? if Certified Gangster put you on a new level, what level did We Fly High take you to? God level. Mm. Yeah, but if, if you're not ready for it, and you, you ain't, it's not gonna work the way you want to. You heard? That's the thing. You gotta, you gotta think godly. Like it's like almost like you know, it's like I, I, how could I say it? I'm grateful for everything that. Balling gave me and all the success, success, success it gave mm -hmm. me. But I, that level of success and the way my mind was working and how I was running through the game and running through the street was crazy for me. It added on to everything that I was already doing. Mm -hmm. It gave me too much power, per se, that it was so much power that people started chopping me down. Wow. You know what I mean? And I know why. And it was because of my mindset. The power I was given... I ain't even gonna get into it, but... <laughs> Well, God with, does with everything. Great power, right? Yes, God does everything for a reason. You heard. With, with great power comes great responsibility. Mm -hmm. You heard. Yes, indeed. And to be responsible is a very big thing. That's every man should be responsible. That's the realest thing you can do. Absolutely. Those are the realest niggas, the responsible ones. I mean, and I wasn't that much responsible back then. Mm. I was having fun and having a ball and things like that. Right. But Balling. That's semantics. But Balling was definitely one of the biggest, it's still one of the biggest records that get played in the club today. It's it like, is, it ain't going It's like nowhere. my Michael Jackson hit. That that record ran for two years, two whole years straight, literally. Like radio stations, summer jams, everything. Like it was, a very, it's, I mean, it's, it's a blessing and a curse, but it's more of a blessing than anything. I'm, I'm grateful for it. No doubt. We are too. I'm glad you made that record. Um, product of My Environment drops, Recipe Stack Bundle. Yes. Um, the song Weatherman that you got with him and Wayne, it's just super uh -huh. dope. Um, you really into this weather thing? Uh, yeah, weather man from back in the day, Shasta uh, Stacks, uh, Peter Stacks. That yes, was indeed. that was a record he had. He like, yo, geez, I got this record. I need you to get Wayne on. You need to keep it for your album. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, this shit gonna go. Um, and he did the hook, did his verse and things like that. And he was like, yo, let's get this shit to Wayne. And I told him, I hit Wayne. Wayne said he gonna do it. That nigga was so fucking hype. He was mm -hmm. so so fucking hype. He sound good on that record. Yeah, man, Stacks was way advanced. Um, He's another person that got cheated out uh, a chance of success, a yeah. big chance of success. Nice so, he was he was ahead of his time before everybody. Like he had a chance to, who knows what he could have been. You know what I mean? Like he was really ahead of his time. Yeah. Now during the pandemic, you kept us entertained by actually doing the weather, and then I see you on Fox News doing the weather. Yes. <laughs> that was real. That's a real thing. Yeah. Yes. The weather. Uh, well, I, uh, I forgot what hurricane it was in Miami. Um. One of the people that work with me was like, "Yo, you, might, you in Miami, you might as well do the weather while you're stuck out there in a, in a hurricane. Um, <laughs> and me and Chrissy end up doing little weather illustration. That shit ended up going viral. And everybody hit me like, this is ingenious. You need to keep doing it. And I started spooking a little bit here and there. And then um, got a chance to go speak to Detavio. He was at another situation before Revolt. 
and he fell in love with the, the premise of the show. He like, listen, I'm, I, I, let's do this. Um, and he was leaving. He's like, yo, I'm about to leave and go to Revolt. But when I go to Revolt, I need to pull this up. The first thing we do, like for real. And he kept his word. And now the show has been running on Revolt for what, six seasons. We're about to go into seventh season. And I'm in the midst of a renegotiation. So how you doing, Revolt? Let me get a little bit. <laughs> Shouts to Diddy. Shouts to Revolt. No um, doubt. Great place. Another song you got I like from this era is Don't Push Me Away. Um, I think that side of your catalog where you rap it about your family life and 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 Chrissy, like I think it's underrated. Yeah, I mean every 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 album that I ever made and every piece of work that I ever made is always a record on it that I dedicate to Chrissy. Mm -hmm. If people know or they don't know, if they really fans of mine, then they they, they would know that. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, you know she's a part of my life and my music is a part of my life. I mean, when people hear me do music and when I start rapping, it's because I just was living, and you know, like right now I had. Kind of took a kind of a hiatus. It's not a hiatus, but kind of break this living a little, bounce it back and forth, learn a new shit, live a little bit, then I get back into it and yeah. tell you my side of the story from more living to do. Yes. Now, one of my favorite projects that you got is the El Capo project. Mm -hmm. um, shout out to Heatmakers. Shout out to Heatmakers. SAS, Drama. I find the album to be really special. Mm -hmm. um, they're grown up themes of Father Forgive Us. And you know, you start doing music with Mano at this point. Um, Grown man bars, young niggas can relate to and to try again. Yes. I feel like this is the whole theme of this point in your career. Is that accurate? hundred percent. Okay, word up. Word up. And Salute is my shit, too. <laughs> that record ain't going nowhere either. Nah, Salute is a strong record. It's one of my favorite records to perform. It's a great record. I, You know, I'm me DJ, and I play that record a lot. Um, you say on Ben Like That, you know you're getting nice when they ask, did you write that? Um, did you make a commitment to trying to feel like, okay, I got to get better, or is this something... That came natural. Um, it came through hard work. Mm. And shouts to Fred the Godson, RP Fred the Man, that was my next question. Talk um, about Fred the Godson. He was very instrumental in my resurgence to the rap game. Mm -hmm. As far as where I was at, my mental state. I was pretty much over it, just trying to figure out I could get some money out of it. Mm -hmm. I remember going to the studio, Heat Maker Studio was two sides that Heat Makers had owned, and I would go on the other side. And I would see Fred every day. I would come in on Vamp Hours, and he would leave when Vamp Hours started. Mm -hmm. And he would just be very inspirational whenever I got in there. Like, yo, Jones, you know you got it. You know, niggas fuck with you. Like, yo, he just was, he just kept installing so much good shit. And I would just start doing music. And he'd come in there like, nah, you got it. You're going crazy. Nah, and this, he just was like, I was coming to the gym every day. And he mm -hmm. kept encouraging me to come to the gym. And, Remember one day I was, we started recording on the other side with Austinus and I never left that side. And me and Fred started doing music every day on that side. And he was just very helpful in me coming back and, and helped building my confidence in, in the booth. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And that confidence led me in a whole different zone. And the hunger that I had and the, the point that I wanted to prove uh, is a combination of things that I was like, I'm just go for it. And then uh, it started happening. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I couldn't tell you what happened. You know what yeah. I mean? I could tell you I'm just pouring my all into it. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. Rest in peace, Fred DeGasson. I took him on his first tour. Um, he went, Him and his crew, that was a beautiful time. Yeah, he got cheated. Another person that got cheated. Well, I, yeah. you know, God don't make mistakes, so I don't think he got cheated out of life. Um, we got cheated out to see him do more in life. You know what I mean? But I, I think yeah. he's doing way better where he at right now. But um, very one of the dope, uh, dopest MCs that we ever seen in, in the city of New York. He... 
definitely didn't get the flowers and the recognition that he deserved yeah. for the skill set of rapping that he's been putting out for so many years. And I'm known for us since he's been a teenager coming to Home 45th Street to battle Uncasa on, <laughs> on Broadway. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, one thing I noticed about you is that you try to move. Well, you don't try. You actually do move in a certain way where you respect certain codes. I've seen you do interviews. People ask you about things. And if you don't feel like talking about it, you're not going to talk about it. And I feel like it's about, even like we talked about the interview with the young boys from Chicago, you know, when they ask you questions and you're like, listen, I don't talk about uh, people locked up. I don't talk about people dead because you felt like, I felt like what I was getting from you is you don't want to block any blessings. I mean, that's a great way to put it, but everybody must have integrity. Mm -hmm. Even the journalists must have integrity. Mm -hmm. It's all about that, man. You know what I mean? Me talking about dead people, a person locked up, don't hold me no merit. Mm -hmm. I was never brought up that way. If I'm going to talk about somebody, I want the opportunity to talk about them in their face. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And when you're talking about a dead person, he's already defeated. So what's good is, what, 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 what good does it hold you to talk about that person that's dead? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Especially the way they're talking about it right now. Like everything is op talk, smoking, man, like Grabo. They, they're doing illustrious marketing schemes about people that they killed and shit like that. I find it to be very distasteful and shit like that. I have two that have had enemies coming up and these were things that we didn't want to discuss nor we want anybody here is discussing or talking about it. These are things we were trying to stay far away from if we were into that type of life of crime and committed those type of things. It was nothing that we was not trying to glamorize. This was nothing that needed to be talked about. These are things that we were trying to get away with. Right. Right. Her, these were... These were crimes. These are things that you could go to jail for. It's not so much no more. Niggas want to pull out their phone while they shooting their gun just to show these people that they really like that. And what, how does that, what does that equate to? Like, bro. I mean, we I see mean, what it equates no to. way around, no way, no, no, let's get it straight. Like, crime is crime. It's mm -hmm. a bad thing. If you're doing crime, you're already on the wrong side of the road. But the object of crime was to get away with it. You heard? <laughs> Right, right, and that was now you got the the DA in Atlanta, who make a public statement saying I'm using rap lyrics in these investigations in these situations. I mean that's a whole that's that's some that's like that's whole that's a whole different story when you talk about the freedom of speech and mm -hmm. what they're trying to do and and what, what I mean it just that's just a whole nasty play on music. I yeah. mean because none of that happens inside of movies and it's the same artistic value when it comes to making music, movies and come to making music. Um, and once again, no, I mean, mm -hmm. we got to be responsible in what we're doing here. I mean, we come from a place where we were trying to get away from certain things, so certainly certain things I'm not going to talk about in my rap song. Mm -hmm. You heard? Yeah. What, what, what is that going to get me? Like, you dig? Like, I, don't, I, don't, I just don't understand the way that the youngsters are assessing their moves right now. And that goes from I'm not having too much guidance. You know what I mean? That goes I'm not having the proper OGs or the proper older niggas yeah. around them to school them to certain things and shit like that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, when we were coming up, the number one thing we were worried about was making some money. Mm -hmm. And it seems that these kids are not worried about making money first. You heard? And then that's a big disconnect. Yeah. That's all we was worried about was the money. Right. Right. One of the greatest moments of coming together in hip-hop is seeing the verses with Dipset versus The Locks. Shouts to The Locks. Yeah, this was a huge moment and it ended up in a tour, right? Didn't y'all do a tour after that? No, it was supposed to, it was supposed to be a tour. Um, I don't know how, how to, it didn't go, didn't go right and then um, 
Mm-hmm. I guess they got the, uh, the him, Cam Mason, Jada Kiss. They got a tour going on. Okay, uh, that's what that is. Like okay, that. yeah, that's what they got. Um, I I know people. <laughs> I wanted to see uh, uh, y'all perform Bird Game Money. I would have liked to see that. Bird Game Money is a dope record. It's a One crazy of my great record. records, but it was a diplomat thing. I didn't. Have, I, that, that's I wasn't, true. That's true. That's I, true. I, that wasn't my show to run. That was. That was. These are questions y'all have to ask Cam and things like that. I mean, we all agreed on a list of things, but ultimately it was a diplomat show, and mm-hmm. it went the way it went. Um, they say, uh, what is it? Proper preparation prevents poor performance, mm-hmm. and we wasn't prepared the way we should have been. Mm-hmm. We was being too cool. We was being too Harlem. Well, I think, you know... Can't blame one man, but I can tell you this, that the locks came prepared and they you, they got what you get when you come prepared. You know what I mean? And you can could, you could see that through their brotherhood and shit like that. You dig, so... Yeah, you know, I did an album with Styles and then I toured with Styles and I toured with Styles, a technician, and I did some things with this. So I seen things they were doing that I, I remember from the road. Um, but I think also with lot, with, uh, with verses, it was still being defined in the space because if you remember, it started with just play your hits. Play your catalog. Yeah, it was a lot. To, it was a lot to it. Um, but listen, man, it was a overall. The night was one of the greatest night in hip hop history. Absolutely. That was, I would. I could. I consider that to be the hip hop championship. And I don't know if there's gonna be any more championships that gonna recreate that moment like we did. Like that was a that was a great space for New York City. New York like, City. Yeah. If you're from New York and you've been here for a while and you understand what it represents, then that was the end all be all of a hip hop concert. Like that was. Yeah. That was it. You know what I mean? Uh, tip my hat to the locks, but just the energy that everybody bring leading up to the show, the marketing strategies, like everything was just a great opportunity. So, you know. No doubt. Now, Brooklyn and Harlem got different styles, different outlooks. Yeah, Harlem, we fly her. <laughs> See that? There, there, there he go. There he go. See, now but, I need you know, to get made you know they say they, You know they say Bed Stuy is, is the Harlem of Brooklyn, right? <laughs> <laughs> So what's, the, out the main note. so what's the Brooklyn or Harlem? What's the Brooklyn or Harlem? There ain't no Brooklyn or Harlem. It's just Harlem. This guy. No, but we de- like, we. I mean, it's just. I mean, I I could understand where everybody come from, but we, we we all realize that Harlem is the end all be all when it comes to doing that shit like that. I mean, it's like it's 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 it's, it's, it's the flyest place in the world. It is. It's from, Harlem is from pretty the Harlem, fly, so From the Harlem we, Renaissance day. As you see, this Statistic, is a very... Statistically, we are the flyest place As you see, this is a very Brooklyn-centric crowd. We used to go to Harlem. We used to go to Harlem Week and Grand's Tomb and all that because it was fly. You know what I'm saying? We wanted to go holler at the girls y'all had in Harlem. You know what I'm saying? But Brooklyn, but y'all have Brooklyn no Harlem taking week. it, though. Y'all don't have no grand soon. Y'all didn't see Harlem. Yeah. Now, pe- we got the West Indian People Day forget parade. that Harlem is a small neighborhood. You heard? That's inside of a. It's inside of the big city. Them them blocks are so strong and so powerful. It's like a magnet. You heard? Harlem. Harlem no, you, you Harlem don't get to niggas speak never you live left in Harlem, Harlem. Now. Remember that. You live in Harlem. Let's now. be for real. Harlem niggas never left Harlem, but everybody came to Harlem. That's Brooklyn niggas like that. Brooklyn, Queens, New Jersey, Bronx, 
You can say what y'all want, but niggas did not go to these places now, like on, they on, went on, to Harlem. Never on. left Harlem because y'all was not. We didn't have. We didn't have to. <laughs> it wasn't about to have to. Because y'all wasn't. We didn't. We didn't have to though. I didn't want to come to Brooklyn. Y'all think that? Bro, bro, Brooklyn was not a fun place compared to Harlem. Why do you think? Like, why do you think everybody came to Harlem? You asked a Brooklyn hustler where he was going in the summertime. He's like, I'm about to go uptown to Harlem. I'm gonna fuck with these bitches. Them niggas up there doing it. They getting money like it was. Just that was the tone that we bring. And you was like, you going to Brooklyn? He was like, no. Yeah, Brooklyn, hell no. You want to go get stuck up? You want to go get robbed? Like that's what that's what Brooklyn felt like when they met when they mentioned so, Brooklyn so, to us. You heard like, no, so, we ain't going there. So shout out to Mano. Shout out, definitely. Shout, shout out to the lobby boys. Shout out to the lobby boys. He would, he would not approve of any of this. Now we got to get Mano on to defend Brooklyn. Yes. You know what I'm saying? That's right. Shout out to Mano. Lobby boys is a particularly New York thing because the lobby is a real. Gathering places. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Praying with Benny the Butcher's dope. Um, I like how y'all brought the drag on joint back. Yes. That's the drag on. He gave us he gave us a a a, a blessing for that yes. when we was doing it. And I like just with that and with the DJ drama joint, you got you know, Fabio on this joint. Like I like how you you talk about the drill music helping to bring New York back to it a did. certain prominence. It did. You know? If anybody don't if, if 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 anybody from New York doesn't say that, then they hating. Mm-hmm. You heard? Because mm-hmm. we was out the loop. Yeah. Period. You dig? And the drill gave us a tempo and an energy that was infectious. And these kids put on for the city. They put on so much for the city that it helped everything start to come back to where we know it to be. And that's music and us being inside of the race of the music. And R.I.P. to Pop Smoke. Uh... The young fella T that that did all the dances that got all these kids going crazy. Um, shout out to Fabio and shout out to every one of these young drill rappers that I've come across. Even my own artists, uh, Ditta and Yellow and Jew. Um, shout out to OP. Uh, shout out to Connie. I've come across so many of these young artists that are so dope when it come doing music and they very into that craft. Like it's a, it's a, it's it's. Drill is his own music, but these kids are very talented in so many other ways when it comes to doing music. They rap just as well as we rap and things like that. It's just, this is what they pushing, and what they push has helped us tremendously. Helped me tremendously. I'm a, I am don't know what to say about the mother dudes, but then again, we don't see niggas from my era like that mm-hmm. that's still popping, so maybe they... <laughs> maybe they... <laughs> maybe, better get sturdy. <laughs> well, I want to thank you coming on the show. It's been my honor and my pr- uh, privilege to have you here. You're doing big things out here. You're meeting with the mayor. Yeah, shouts to the mayor. Um, I got a chance to meet him in, in Apollo. Um, and I chose to put my best foot forward. Um, trying to figure out what our common ground is before I even talk to him. And Like most of these people use those opportunities a little groupyish as picture-taking opportunities. But you're dealing with the president of New York City and that's coming from the neighborhoods that we come from, I'm figuring if I put that out there first, that's more ground that we could walk on than us just taking a picture and trading whatever stories and, and things like that. And he pulled up on you the next day, right? And he pulled up on me, gave me a date, pulled up on me before the date, um, kept his word, the things that we were talking about, actually got a, 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 a dope initiative about to happen. We are doing a big dance tournament for the city. This was something that I was doing already with the kids from us having a dance studio out. Now he's turning into the Mayor's Cup. Um, the marketing is about to be out of the world for this. Um, I want every kid that inspired to be a dancer or is dope at dancing to come on down and, and try to get a piece of this dance tournament because it's for the kids of the city and it's going to be 
different places for y'all to all come and be a part of it and see if that you can't make it and shit like that. So, you know, we try to hold everybody accountable and things like that. And for me, it's all about people keeping their word. When the people keep their word with me, it's not too much that I can say about them, but everybody handles everybody different. You know what I mean? So, but as long as you keep your word with me, then I got something good to talk about you. That's right. You know what I mean? That's right. And when you put in a man's position, they can't expect him to fix New York City overnight. That's right. You know what I mean? But every step is closer we get to the goal. You dig? The small steps are big steps. It's just a step getting closer, and that's what we're about. I'm just blessed to be in that position. It came a long way for me to be able to say that I had a meeting with the, with the mayor of New York City, and sometimes people downplay that too. Um, but they shouldn't because he is the president of New York City, and in our city, we need we need all the help we can. Um, before I get out of here, you know, I, I want to tell people my, uh, you know, what, what, it's a lot of things I say. Just uh, uh, stay consistent as opposed to when days you can't be motivated. But yeah. I want to know people to know that prevention is way better than a solution. Just remember that. Think about that. You heard. Try to prevent all that shit before you have to find a solution for that shit. You dig? Yes, I'm going to leave you with that. No doubt. Ladies and gentlemen, Jim Jones. Oh.